Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. I'm Kelly. Kelly, you got a haircut. Yeah. Self-inflicted. Inflicted? Inflicted? (laughs) Powerful word choice. It's not my um, finest. For those who know, and you all do if you look at the um, thumbnails, I have bangs, and... I no longer can have easy access to hairdresser because um, I used to live with one who was my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to kind of do it like with bangs. It's not like regular haircuts. You kind of have to upkeep them if you want them to be not unruly. So I said they're too long. So I cut them this morning and I just kind of I cut them a little short. And they're a little bit crooked, but. Hey, I think they look fantastic. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's my gamer's perspective, at least. Thank you for your gamer's perspective. That's really why I'm here on the show, to be honest. For my gamer's perspective on hair or just my gamer's perspective overall or both? Overall. Okay. Um, Well, my gamer perspective of this week is that um, we don't get a break. Uh, acquisitions are not stopping. In fact, they are getting bigger. This one is not as big as last week's, obviously, because that was the biggest ever and probably will stay that way. Um, maybe forever. Uh, but Sony did retort at least a tiny bit to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision last week. And as of today on recording, hot off the presses, Sony has acquired Bungie for $3.6 billion. Uh, Bungie is the developer of Destiny. They were also the creators of the Halo series, a an Xbox-exclusive franchise. Some might say part of the reason that Xbox exists as it does today. So it's a little wonky that PlayStation now owns Bungie. They stated that they're still going to allow them to act independently, They're still going to maintain their multi-platform status with Destiny. And people inside Bungie have said that this will not change their plans. It will simply accelerate as they have new resources. And then Sony president, excuse me, uh, PlayStation president Jim Ryan went ahead and said that we should expect more acquisitions. So this is a good way to round out that uh, January acquisition bundle between the Zynga acquisition, the Activision acquisition, and now the Bungie acquisition. What are your thoughts, Kelly? Um, I don't really have any thoughts beyond that this was kind of surprising. I know we talked about it last, like, last week, like what Sony could do, but I'm feeling like this probably was not just like in response. I feel like it was probably, I mean, big acquisitions like this usually take a really long time to settle and get in place. But maybe the news had been delivered in this way because of what happened last week. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I do think it's interesting that, you know, Bungie makes Destiny now. And I do think it's interesting that Microsoft is Halo's parent or Bungie was Halo's original parent. Um, But, you know, things change. Studios just don't make the games that they once did. I mean... Look at a lot of big studios that have just kind of 
I don't want to say abandoned, but you know, I think it's interesting in Halo's case what happened. It going yeah. to somebody else, but Bungie we'll is largely responsible for Xbox still existing today. Right. Which makes this very interesting. And I wonder what um Mr. Ryan said means by more acquisitions. I I'm not sure what that means. I assume that means similar scale, you know, because we talked about like how do they respond was the question last week. And we we had determined as people with logical brains that they couldn't respond because there is no company on par with Activision. So now it kind of feels like maybe they're just going to, you know, gobble up a few of the the mid-tier publishers like that. Because, like, I, I didn't even think about Bungie as a publisher, to be frank. Yes, they publish Destiny now. No, I didn't really think about that fact. I just saw them as the people who made Destiny. I didn't think of them as a publisher as well. Um, and I was talking to a friend of the show earlier today. We were just discussing this, and a thought came to my mind. And this is something that's really sticking with me as we look at this news. When Sony acquired Housemark and acquired Bluepoint, and even when they acquired Insomniac a few years back, there was a very big difference in the terminology used. At that time, it was like, welcome to the team. And then they would have a banner with all of their IPs and stuff, all of the PlayStation IPs in a line. And it's like an exciting expansion. So like when they acquired Bluepoint, they had like the Demon Souls remake added to the banner. When they acquired Housemark, they added Returnal to the banner. And th there was never any discussion about the quantity of money exchanged. It was just welcome to the team, you know? It was like they were just bringing in people that they had worked with. This didn't feel like that. It wasn't like, welcome to the team, and Destiny was added to the banner. It was just a picture of, like, PlayStation and Bungie logos. And they very specifically talked about the amount of money spent on it. This almost feels less like, oh, we're expanding our creative, like, our creative departments. And more, we bought this thing. We made a business decision, and we bought this thing so that they couldn't have it. Right. And I think that terminology changing is a little disappointing. Yeah. I, I think that was that. I think Sony was one of the better one of the better companies with acquisitions because they made it seem like an exciting creative venture first. And this doesn't feel like that, especially because they've said that they're going to maintain multi-platform status and going to let Bungie act independently. So what is this? This does nothing. The only thing this does is it changes whose pockets the money goes to when you buy the new Destiny game or something of that nature. Right. And that's really boring. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> this is just Monopoly without the exciting prospects of like, what could this mean for creative IPs? Yeah. It's just Monopoly without like the fun, colorful money. Yeah. And the little exactly. hotels and houses. I feel like even last week it was Monopoly, but we still got some fun, you know, they threw a few hundred dollar Monopoly bucks at us because they were like, hey, you're getting some cool games on Game Pass. And oh, hey, some dormant IPs might come back. So like, even though it was questionable in some ways, it was exciting in a lot of others. This doesn't feel exciting in any way to me. Yeah, I know. I also don't really, I mean, Destiny. I, don't really I mean, it, it makes bank and... PlayStation has expressed interest in going more into the live service model, but I, this just feels like a strange acquisition to me. Yeah. 
Also, it's funny that last week, if you had told me $3.6 billion, I'd be like, dang, that's a lot of money. Because I'd be like, that's half of the previous record holder, which is that's substantial. But now $3.6 billion looks like chump change in comparison to the 70. Yeah. And that's bad. 3.6 is a lot of money. That's a lot of that's a lot of um, V bucks. That's a lot of I can't even fathom how many Fortnite skins you could get. <laughs> That's probably what Jim Ryan's gonna do. Oh wait, no, he spent the money. Right. I guess Jim Ryan has to return his his Fortnite skins. Yeah, that the acquisition was done all in V Bucks. <laughs> to avoid taxation. <laughs> um Kelly Speaking of scams. Yeah, I was gonna say let's get this crap out of the way. We have to talk about it every freaking week, but let's just speed through this garbage. Um, so last week or maybe I think it was maybe two weeks ago, we talked yeah. about, um, Troy Baker doing this voice verse NFT thing and how he was very much like, oh, I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. I didn't understand what it was. Well, he apologized and he said he's not going to do it anymore because he listened to people and he heard them out. And he also was like, and I'm also sorry for calling you guys haters. Um, <laughs> Which I thought was funny. That was my favorite part of his apology because he was like, I'm sorry that I called you guys <laughs> haters for having like legitimate criticisms um, because anyone who's critical of me ever is a hater. So I completely relate to him there. Um, I'm just kidding for those who don't know. It's hard. It's hard to discern tone. But yeah, it's, it's pretty unremarkable. I mean, it's a pretty unremarkable moment in history. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, the news is that news isn't happening anymore. Right. Hopefully, the reason that I think this is of any importance, though, is I'm hoping this is like the start of a trend of backlash working. Yeah, um, it's it's just hard right now because it feels like, and this is sort of beyond the video game space, but it feels like there's this weird like AstroTurf campaign of like all these celebrities shilling NFTs and they don't know what it is and they don't understand, but it's just like a quick cash grab. And it does not bode well um, for any industry, but video games, movies, TV, it's all kind of, they're almost in the same, I don't want to say same boat, but they're in the same dock. Yeah, definitely in the same general region. Right. At least. Right. Rather. Last. Oh, oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Last bit of NFT news this week, thankfully. Although this is very bad. (laughs) (laughs) Team 17, a huge independent publisher who helps with a lot of smaller studios and the creators of the Worms series, has announced a new line of NFTs based on Worms. They promise that these things will be more environmentally friendly than most NFTs. And they also, in response to Backlash, instantly assured fans that they would not be adding NFTs into traditional game releases. Uh, The backlash has been severe, to say the least, because most NFT announcements have severe backlash. Um, One example is that AgroCrab, a developer who released Down Under last year, I think I talked about this on that show. I really like that game. Uh, But they announced that they are severing all the relations with them and Team 17 was their publisher before, so that is a, a massive change for them. I'm hoping that 
maybe next week we get to report on this the same way we just did on Trey Baker, and we get to say that this was stepped back on because they already had to partially clarify because of how severe the backlash was. So I'm hoping that this is this goes badly for them. I, I actually think it's very funny that they're like, but we're not incorporating it into the game because of course they're not because you can't right now on Steam and Steam is probably how they'd make the most money. So oh, of course, yeah. so if they can't put it on Steam, they're they're not going to do it. I I would bet I would bet all of my NFTs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have I I don't I don't own any. Um, and I <laughs> but I I would bet a lot of money that um, if Steam didn't have that rule in place, they would they would put NFTs in their game for sure. They're obvi- they obviously don't care that much. If they're yeah. Do- and I'm sure the little worm NFTs are so ugly. All they're NFTs literally- are. They're- that's-, that's actually true. They are all very ugly. But like little worms? Come on, man. Come on. Ugly. Ugly. But something that is not ugly, something that might be quite beautiful. Yeah. A new crisis game <gasps> was confirmed. Um. It's been a long time. It's been a while since Ooh. I said sorry. I really like I like these notes that you're hitting. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Can you tell me about Crisis? Is it Crisis Four or just Crisis the new one? It just says, let's see, next Crisis game dot 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 confirmed. Um, a new Crisis game is happening. No details. Early, early, <laughs> early stage of development. Early stages of development. Um, wow. Wow. So, and they're also looking for jobs. I mean, they're looking for empl- em- people right now. Yep. So. That is a, we have a set of stories here in a, in a row that are games announced in very unexciting fashion. <laughs> and it seems like it's because they are having trouble getting people to work on these things. So they have to announce what they are so people are interested in yeah, them. But I'm... This one's exciting for me purely based on like a graphical standpoint. Like Crisis has always been good at pushing technology to its like absolute furthest it can possibly go. And I'm excited to see what a new game would look like cuz it's been a long time. It's been a, been while. a while. Yeah, it's been a while since Crisis 3. Yeah. So this Crisis 4 or whatever it's going to be called. I'm I'm excited to see it on a technical level. The recrisisening I if it's called that, Kelly, I'm gonna be happy. Please, sure. Chuffed. Sure, and not upset at how horrible that sounds. <laughs> okay, well, I was just spitballing. You don't have to be so critical. I'm gonna be critical. <laughs> I'm gonna be critical. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You Let's. Uh, I'm gonna keep this train rolling of games announced in boring ways, though. EA and Respawn have confirmed three new Star Wars games. Jedi Fallen Order is getting a sequel at Respawn. They also announced that they're working on an FPS, a first-person shooter game, as well as a strategy Star Wars game. Uh, um, it's a little I, boring. <laughs> I, I have a few thoughts. Share them. Never, ever in my life do I want to be playing a first-person Star Wars game and then be like, 
uh, guns. Dude. It should be like a lightsaber dueling game. It should be like a Dynasty Warriors Star Wars game. (sighs) So I'm assuming you didn't care for the new Battlefront games that came out in the past few years? No. That's fair. I played... I played the I played the one and you know what I did kind of like it but it was like mm, mm, yeah like and I wouldn't play also, I wouldn't play it more than I did I didn't buy you're, it you're also hitting on a very good point because like this doesn't sound good <laughs> this is the kind of thing where you need a proof of concept visually for me to be interested in it. And they are just announcing a set of things. And I think a Jedi Fallen Order sequel was kind of a shoe in But also that would have been a really cool thing if you were watching like a live press conference or something. And then they like do like the, I don't know, Star Wars stuff. And then they zoom out and you see like the kid from Shameless. And you're like, oh my God, it's <gasps> Fallen Order sequel. Oh my God, it's Lip Gallagher. It's not. That's the other one. Oh, oh li- li- <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, cr- Ian. Uh, Ian. I no. like the idea that they, yeah, Ian Gallagher is. How do they have a child named Liam and Ian? <laughs> they did have a child named Liam and Ian. I know how. Oh, you're mad at the the show, not yeah, me. Yeah, that's stupid. Okay, it is stupid. <laughs> and lip, lip is lip is. Well, I I don't want to insult any lips out there, but that's a really dumb name. That's a I, body part. That's not a name. If you're listening to the show and your name is Lip, please reach out. We will apologize <laughs> to you directly if you exist. I won't. Oh, I, I will. I, you know what else? I feel like we're just being inundated with Star Wars video games the past oh, like yeah. five years. I'm exhausted. This, uh, we talked about this a lot at the time of the game awards. Licensed games had like this like up and down, cause, or I guess it'd be down and up and now they're down again. What would that be called? A mountain? A peak? Because a ski they were. Slope. They used to be bad, mm-hmm. you know, in like the PlayStation 2 days, everything got a licensed video game and most of them were bad or mediocre at best. And then going into like PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 era, it slowed down drastically, but they started to get good. And now they're all like fine, but there's so many licensed games and so few new IPs that it's exhausting, you know? I can't get excited about a new Star Wars game or a new Wonder Woman game or a new Wolverine game even. And I love that developer because there's too many licensed things. I'd want something new. And this is just a set of Star Wars things, you know? It's all Star Wars, all Marvel, all DC. Right. But (sighs) hey, if you want something new, do I have some news for you? And that is that Blizzard, everybody, you know, everybody, we know them, we love them. Um. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Blizzard announced a new IP, a new intellectual property. It's going to be a survival game in an original universe. It's going to be called Back for, Bl- I mean, Left for, I mean, <laughs> I have no idea what this game is going to be. And it doesn't really seem like they do either, so. No. Survival no. is so vague that literally could be anything. Zombies? I mean, the, the concept art is... It looks like foresty. There's a mirror and a guy with an axe. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, Looks like life but is that strange. Doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't tell us anything, you know? Yeah. Oh, I see, I see. 
Yes. There's there's definitely I don't know what's going on here. I am because it's Blizzard. I'm inherently a little like eh, we'll see. And also this this one demonstrates I would say more than every other story that we just talked about a desperate need for employment or employees yeah. to work on this. Yeah, because... everybody wants to work at Blizzard right now as well. <laughs> I'm sure there's a decent influx after last week's news, but still Blizzard of all places, nah. No, thank you. No, thanks. To wrap up this boring announcement trio, trio there's four games. Boring announcement qu- quadrant. New Call of Duty games have sort of been announced. They no confirmed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, you would never believe it that there's a new Call of Duty game in the works. There are three Call of Duty games on the way. And the reason we found out about this is because they have all been locked in for PlayStation releases already. So the three games that this includes it includes are includes is are included are the three included games are Modern Warfare, a sequel to the Modern Warfare franchise coming this year. A new mainline release next year as well. So presumably this holiday and 2023, as well as a current gen sequel to Warzone. So this would be only on PlayStation 5 and Series X. And that is also coming in 2023. I suppose this is not super surprising. None about that. Nothing about this is surprising from like the game perspective. Of course, we're getting a new Call of Duty this year and next. I suppose Warzone might be surprising and exciting for some people. A sequel to that. Um, what is it, a mainline Call of Duty game? Like Black Ops, Modern Warfare. Oh. Just but, like a, a new main entry, oh, not, not Warzone. Okay. I was, it's just a bit confusing when you have the same property and like six different versions of it. Yeah. It's probably like a new Black Ops would be my, would that's one of my guesses. Cold War... Three. Two, three, two. The, co- the coldest war. <laughs> Colder war. It just takes place now. Yeah. Topical. It is very cold outside. It is, and yeah. also there's a war going on. <laughs> a war for our gaming. I don't know. I'm gonna give up on that thread. Just moving on. Um, this this confirms that that's not going Xbox exclusive within the next two years, which doesn't surprise because the deal won't even be finalized for a year and a half. So it'd be really surprising if six months after that they were already exclusive. Yeah. Very peculiar. Yeah. I'm hoping that even though the deal isn't finalized, Microsoft's hand is already kind of swaying how things work because it'd be really cool if Call of Duty took off a year in 2024 so they could actually take time to make something new and exciting. Call of Duty underwater. They've probably, they've done that. I feel like I remember seeing a shot of shooting a gun under the water. Underwater. Oh, like with an ER. In, oh, yeah, yeah. Under, er. under, journey to the center of the earth. 20,000 leagues under the sea. 20,000 leagues under the cod Ooh, that was really good 
Thanks. So I have something to say about uh-huh. the most important day in gaming. Oh. In the next month. <laughs> there, I guess you could argue that it is the most important day of the next month, at least. Yeah. You know why? Why? Guess. I know. I'm looking at the same sheet as you, Kelly. Why don't you give me a guess? Um, I'm going to guess because you're so... Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. That was so no, obnoxious. Fine. No, you're fine. You're fine. I, uh... Shut me down. <laughs> it's fine. No, can you really guess, though? I can't. I'm looking at the answer. <laughs> I don't. It's. It feels unfair. It feels it's like I'm not, cheating. It's not Elden Ring. Is it your birthday, Kelly? No. I know. I'm trying to come up oh, with oh, fake oh, guesses. Oh, oh, oh it's fake. Okay. Cut that. Cut that. Cut, Editor, cut, cut that, that out. Cut that. Um, Kelly, the, is it your birthday? The. Yeah. The. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what is on February 25th? That's not Elden Ring. Steam Deck is launching. Wow. <laughs> You can play all your favorite Steam games in the palm of your hands. Wow. Both palms, both hands. Are you getting it? No. Yeah. I have one. Um, Pre-ordered? Yeah. Probably going to cancel that. Why? I don't want to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say, I don't have one, and I don't have one pre-ordered. And I, not that I could have it any other way. I, it is, it has to be pre-ordered right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I love over-explaining. Um, I already have a computer and Steam is on my computer and I don't feel the need to take it with me where I go. The only thing that I can think is it would be really, 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 really fun to play Crusader Kings 3 on my Ooh. Steam deck. But then I'm realizing I don't even have that game through Steam. I you can, a- you can still get it through Game Pass. Uh, it you can like leave the Steam front page and do anything a, a computer can do. How much is it? There are three models. One is four hundred. One is five hundred. One six fifty, I think. And I think I have the five hundred because it has an SSD. Well, we aren't all money bags. Make money bags. Yeah, which is why I'm canceling my pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> I just impulsively pre-ordered it the day they allowed it, but I didn't really want one. I just was yeah. excited. Something I am excited for, though, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. It has been coming up on two full years since Part One released, and producer Yoshinori Kitase has confirmed that we are going to see this game this year. Part Two. We're going to see it, not release it. See it. Uh, uh, I want to be. A- are you excited or I'm I'm trying to be but I keep getting unexcited. I'm excited because I love part 1 so much and I am excited to play part 2. Um the 25th anniversary of the original game's release just happened yesterday if you're listening to this on day of release. So they were just talking about the game. I I'm <sighs> Listen, I want to be so excited. I want to be so excited, but I am concerned that like we might see so little of this game this year that it's kind of like, well, why do we care? 
Like, they can't just show a logo. They showed a logo and they announced the remake, and that was awesome. And it was fine because it was that is self explanatory. But you can't just do like Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two logo because we know what's happening. I yeah would like to see Vincent. Yeah. Capital V, Valentine. Capital V. I really hope when we get a trailer, we get to see I mean, Vincent. I don't think we, we have... will though, because the way they revealed the original, it was kind of like. They did a big reveal of the game, and then every subsequent big reveal was a character announced, like a character reveal. Like there was like a later one to reveal Aerith, and then a later one to reveal Tifa, and then a later one to reveal other characters. So I'm hopeful that we see Vincent, capital V, Valentine, capital V, in the first trailer. But I have a feeling he won't be. I feel like they ha- I know that. You want it because I want it too, Kelly. Who else? I who just, else? Who else? No one. See? I think He's they would the just show one. the party and Yuffie probably. But we've seen, we've been there, done that. I know. She had her own thing, you know. I know. I'm with you. Let me see the goth. But also, there's a. What if Sid came first? They might show Sid before they show Vincent. That's true. I actually think that would make more sense because you get Sid first, right, in the game. Uh, it's up to you, I think. Oh. Vincent's, you don't have to get Vincent in the original game. So I think you can get him before Sid or you can get Vincent right before the final boss if you want. But who's to say? I mean, there's no, there's going to be no optional characters. He will definitely be required. (laughs) They're not going to put a ton of work into him and then have people just miss him. He better be. But I hope that we're talking about this. My optimistic hope is that around midsummer, like E3 time. That's it's summer. Can, yeah. The what movie. about what about Hereditary? Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that around the time of Hereditary's release <laughs> that we get to talk about this game more. I hope so too. I hope that we see it at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. Maybe maybe I mean PlayStation kind of owes us a nice state of play. You know what? I take that back because I, I bet if they have one in like April or May, it'll be Final Fantasy 16 based yeah. on what we know. So I don't think they would show that in Remake Part 2. And you know what else they might show? Tell me what. MLB. The show. Wow. 22. Actually, um, I think that would be a little bit too late because it's <laughs> <laughs> coming out in April. So that would be kind of stupid. Um, but it'll be on the PS4 and the PS5 and the Xbox One and the Xbox Two and (laughs) (laughs) and it will be launched on Game Pass on the first day and Switch. Um, I feel like, I mean, I don't care. I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) I'm sorry. It sells incredibly. People love that game. I know, but Um, I'm not people. The two things that hit me about this is, one, it's still a Game Pass launch game. Like, it's launching on Game Pass, which is was crazy to me last year, but I thought maybe it was just, like, a one-time thing to get people invested in the series, and then they'd make it, you have to pay for it. Because it's already kind of weird that a PlayStation game is on Xbox. Like, it says PlayStation Studios on the box. Right. It's peculiar. Um, so it's crazy to me that it's staying on Game Pass day one. I don't I want to know about the specifics of that deal, but we never will. And also it's coming to Switch, which 
We don't know anything about specifics, but we'll see. Maybe it'll be a full game and not just a horribly stripped down version of it that has like a fraction of what makes the game special. You know what they should do to uh, win my favor specifically is release Backyard Baseball. Re-release it on the Switch. Who's they? I don't know. The baseball people. I don't know who made that. I'm sure. Hold on. Let's do somebody has the rights. Yeah. Backyard baseball is owned by. What the heck? Why is this so hard to find? Humongous Entertainment. Humongous Entertainment. Surely. Oh my gosh. They made Pajama Sam and Putt Putt. Putt Putt. And they became defunct (laughs) in 2006. They still release stuff, though. They yeah, release, but... like, putt-putt and stuff on Switch all the time. Why can't they put your baseball game on there? Seriously, dude. Maybe there's some weird rights things going on. Oh, it was like a cereal. It was like a cereal. Like, they would, the CDs would be in the cereal box. Uh, and their humongous. website is not secure. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Come on, humongous. Come on, humongous. Wow. So Freddy the Fish is on Switch too. <laughs> this is a very strange tangent. Yeah, sorry. I just loved backyard baseball, but it's cool. Maybe it was soccer. Yeah. No, it was baseball. Okay. You know who yeah. has a ball-shaped head? <laughs> oh. Uh, is the Rock? His was... head is shaped like a ball. <laughs> Back a backyard baseball. Um, The Rock was like, yeah, I'm going to be in a new video game video game movie, and it's going to be sick and cool, in other words. and You could say the word. Can I? Just yeah, like, why not? It's going to be badass. You're allowed to say that here. You know, what's funny is I think he should be in a live action remake of Nintendogs, <laughs> and he should be... The dog. Like voicing him or no. like Dwayne the Rock Johnson on yeah. all fours with like fluff yeah. taped to him. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see that too. You know what's funny? What? I had seen a clip of him. <laughs> Maybe this is unrelated. I had seen a clip of him and he had just gotten done working out and he was very sweaty and his head was steaming <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> So like maybe he'll be in an Attack on Titan game because uh, Titans do that in that and in that for watchers of the anime and readers yeah. of the manga. Um, yeah, I think I think that's very likely. I think that's what they're talking. I think they, when they say video game movie, they mean an adaptation of a manga into an anime <laughs> into a video game maybe, back into a movie. Maybe he's gonna be in the new Putt Putt movie. The new pot. Did you read something on the Humongous <laughs> website that I did not see? No, I'm actually. It's me. Um, I'm. I'm the producer, the executive producer of the Pup Pup movie. That I don't think you should say that, Kelly. I think you should never, really keep that under wraps. May never see the light of day. Kelly, you're gonna get in trouble. Don't say that stuff. I know. I'm sorry. I take it back. It's not real. I okay. was just kidding. <laughs> I haven't been in talks with Dwayne. I mean, the Dwayne. Rock, as you guys call him. <laughs> I think he probably calls himself that. The Rock or Dwayne? In like his own home when he's talking by himself. He's like, yeah, you rock the rock. 
I would if that was my nickname. Yeah. Um, well, one character we know that he's not going to be playing is Master Chief because we have gotten a premiere date for the new Halo television series on Paramount, and that is March 24th. Came with an, along with a new trailer that showed it the Super Bowl. Wait, what, what football happened? Um, it was the AFC and the NFC championship last night. Okay. It on happened there. Sunday night. I, I know a lot about football, which is why I didn't know that the Super Bowl hadn't happened yet. Super Bowl. But is what? It's usually in early, early February. Okay. Will there be any video game trailers there? There might be. If there's not, I will forget that Freddy it ever the happened. Fish? Yeah. <laughs> At the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing. Oh my god. He's the halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> and he's um, playing in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, you need to take a deep breath. Sip on your tea. Um we got an extensive look at the at the series in the new trailer, though. They showed Cortana for the first time, who is played by the same actor that played her in the video game. I was very surprised by that. She looks like Cortana, like or she looks like herself, though, which surprised me because I assumed I read that news before I saw the trailer and I assumed like they'd CG her to look exactly like the games. But nope, looks like the actress. I mean, she's blue. So she's got that going, but she does not look like Cortana from the games at all. No. Um, I'm. It looks better than the past trailers. That looks a little bit stinky. It's, it's a little cheap looking. It. Um, I don't get it. It looks like a, an iffy Star Wars, spinoff, to me. It looks like the Book of Boba Fett. It's all the desert. There's which so much to me, desert. Is an iffy Star Wars <laughs> No, I agree. I think it looks a little bit cheapy. And I think it's weird that they're like, oh, it's premiering March 24th. And it's like, it's February. You didn't know that already? Like, I guess I don't keep up on like TV that much. So I don't know what the standards are. But like the fact that they were just showing this off for the first time, like hardly over a month ago. And they were being coy about 2022. Like, I assumed that meant late 2022, but here it is, March. Also, I didn't realize that this is, like, episodic. Well, I knew it was episodic, obviously. It's a TV show. I didn't know that they were going to be weekly episodes, which disappoints me enormously. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'll probably... I will watch the first episode for the show, and then if it's great, I'll probably watch all of it and talk about it once it's over. But I have a feeling this might be a one-and-done situation. I have that same feeling. I guess we'll find out March 24th, which is annoying because Kirby comes out the day after. And I will only want to talk about Kirby on the show. <laughs> and we will be past my birthday at that point. So I won't have anything to look forward to. Oh, I forgot about the gag of your birthday being on February 25th. <laughs> I was like, your birthday's not February, Kelly. No, but it is before the Halo series releases. Yeah. Um, Speaking of things that are becoming other things. <laughs> no, that wasn't very good. Now roll it back. Roll it. Editor, 
Editor. Editor. Cut that out. Cut. Cut that. Just trim that. All right. All right. Go ahead. Try again, Kelly. Um, speaking of things that are becoming other things. Oh, no, that was the. Damn it. I thought I could. Just how about. Okay. Here, here. Um, try saying speaking of video games that are becoming television. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Try that. Okay. Hang on. Hang okay. on. Editor. Okay. We're good. Yeah, we are good. We're good. Go ahead. Speaking of things that are becoming other things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know what? Just, just roll forward. I'll, uh, I have like, um. This voice versed NFT that I can use of your voice. Oh, great! Yeah. So I can I, I can just put that in later. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love my voice. Yeah, being still. Okay. Yeah. Um, it takes two. The game is getting a movie adaptation. What? What? <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. This, this is one... so dumb. This definitely feels like a Hollywood executive just being like, "Oh, that game won Game of the Year. Let's turn it into a movie." I don't get it. It like does it, it, it of all the games in the whole world to not have to be a movie. It's this one. There's a very concise story. It's not like a big universe. It's already pretty like cinematic. Yeah. What? It's also kind of the story's kind of. It's not great. It's not fantastic. I mean, it's good and it's charming, but part of the charm. It's like the video game part. Yeah, like this this is similar ironically to my concerns about The Last of Us because I like the plot and The Last of Us has a, a far greater plot I think. But part of the reason I like the the story is because the time in gameplay where the characters get to organically interact with each other. And when you remove that part, what what's the point? Especially a game like this that I enjoyed it because of my experience of playing it with my partner and like we got to really collaborate and talk about it and enjoy it together. That's the point. But if you're just watching a movie, what? It's, it's that's silly. stupid. It's silly Billy stuff. This is one of the dumbest film adaptation video game announcements I've ever heard. I've heard in a long time. I feel like it's not going to happen. It's probably going to be in like, development hell for like seven eight years and then just disappear completely kind of like the sly cooper movie we got a full trailer for the sly cooper movie in 2016 have i I, talked about this on the show before i i don't know i feel like you and i have talked about it i feel like we've talked about it because i have talked about sly cooper before carmelita fox <gasps> come on, you guys! Come on, <laughs> uh, Murray right, the hippo. Get... What? Yeah, I just really didn't want to talk about Carmelita Fox anymore. If that's how you were going to talk, no, I wasn't. La- I was just laughing. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing. I was just feeling mirthful. I wasn't. That's your word, isn't it? <laughs> I. What can I say? I'm full of mirth. I don't know. <laughs> I'm full of myrrh, like one of the three wise men. You are pretty wise. Well. Three wise Pokemon. It's, oh. Ooh. Kelly. (laughs) Yes? I don't have to tell you because I know you know, but guess what? Came out Friday. What? Came out Friday. Pokemon Legends (gasps) Arceus. More like. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I mean, you're allowed to not like it as that no, much. No, no, no. I want to hear your thoughts on it first. 
So this game came out Friday, Kelly. I, um, quick story, I got it from Amazon because I was like, well, every time I order something from them, it arrives at like 10 a.m. And I'm like, and I want to start my day with Pokemon because I, I wasn't working Friday. And I was like, this can be my whole day. Um, it arrived at 8.45 p.m. <laughs> so I was just sitting around all day, not working, impatiently waiting for it. I finished Hitman 2. I'll get back to that in the future when I finish the whole trilogy. But like, I just was filling the time waiting for it. But it finally came Friday. Um, I've played 14 hours in a couple days. So uh, I've, I've been binging this game. Uh, just for perspective, though. How about how about you, Kelly? Have you played fourteen hours no, in two days? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I my uh, I bought I got it Friday. I just bought it from the Nintendo. Actually, now that I say that, I got it Saturday. I bought it from the Nintendo eShop, so I just digital downloaded it. But um, I didn't really play it until like Saturday mid afternoon. Um, okay. And I don't know if we just want to dive right in. Do it. I was very excited to play it, but I feel like I got really burnt out in like the first two hours because to me, and this is much of my personal opinion, it I just it just felt really, really handholdy. Like really, really handholdy. Like I no, I'm I'm with you on that. I feel like I could not take a step without somebody being like, Wait, wait. Yes. Don't <laughs> stop. They were like you they were like, you have to catch, you have to catch this Pokemon again, and I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. I caught three at the very beginning, and then they were like, okay, you need to catch three more. I'm like, yeah. There are certain things that I feel like, and this is just my perspective, but this game seems to be modeling itself on other games that are very popular on the N Nintendo Switch. And I feel like can, those games. I think we can be mean about the Breath of the Wild comparisons. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's my thought on its is sleeve. Breath of the Wild is very not handholdy. I felt like I played the first like fifteen minutes of that game, and then they were like, "All right, go." Oh yeah, do for it. sure. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I and I liked that because Breath of the Wild it was like this huge daunting map, but then when you actually like get into it, it's a lot more fun to just discover things by yourself. I feel like, and I kind of had a feeling this would happen because it's Pokemon, but it's like they cannot help themselves from being like, you are two years old and you've never played a Pokemon game before in your entire life, which is like not the case for a lot of people. Yeah. So I got a little burnt out on the handholdiness. So I think I've only played like three hours so far. Yeah. I will say, because uh, I felt the very exact same way, especially in the opening, like, 30 to 45 minutes those specifically made me very concerned for the quality of the game because it just like i was just screaming in my head sword and shield sword and shield mm -hmm. because that game holds your hand aggressively start to finish with no breaks and that's how this game opens um and then once it even introduces you to the open world like you just said it's like i you made the prime example it's like you catch three pokemon right at the start and then a character's like, I need you to prove that you're capable. Go catch three Pokemon. And I'm like, what? I did that. Wait. <laughs> Wait. What was I doing before then? But I will say, once you get over that that hump, 
right at the beginning, it opens up. The main story quest is still handholdy, but the nature of it is it's like you get to a waypoint and then it enters like a linear section. But you don't have to go to the waypoint at any point. You're kind of in control of your own journey. You get to move around the open world, which I should say is not actually an open world. It's like five Zone, open right? areas, which I think was smart. Because if the wild area and sword and shield taught us anything, Pokemon is very bad at transitioning types of areas into each other. Like it would just be snowing and then you'd be like, you take four steps and the snow's gone and it's a beach. So That's they're bad it at that. should be in real life though. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I want to build a snowman. Now I want to swim in 90 degree <laughs> heat. So I think the zone approach was probably smarter because if they're bad at that, let's, anno- let's get away from that weakness. You know, mm-hmm. let's avoid that completely. So it definitely opens slow, but it gets very exciting very quick. I think this is genuinely the shakeup that was needed in the series. I was a huge, huge Pokemon Go player uh, about a year, two years ago, one year ago. It was like a year long section segment of my life where I was playing Pokemon Go. And I think this learned from the best parts of that. The catching mechanics are, they're really speedy, where like you can walk up to a Pokemon, and as long as you're either hidden or they are very docile, you just catch them. You don't have to fight them like you did in old Pokemon games. And also, when you throw a Pokeball, you throw it and then you're still free to move. So like if you approach three Bidoofs and they're just hanging out, and they're like, hey, we're Bidoof, we don't care. You can literally just like toss, 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 and throw three Pokeballs at them all at once. And then sit there and watch them get caught and you don't have to like wait for like a text box being like, oh, Bidoof was caught. And then do you want to nickname it? Not all that, like all these slowing down elements, Yeah. Um, which is essential because the big part of this game is filling your Pokedex. And in previous entries, if you've played Pokemon before, you know this, you catch a Pokemon, it's in your Pokedex, it's registered, end of story. But this is like an ancient version of the Pokemon universe. So the humans don't really know about Pokemon. If you catch a Pokemon, it's like, well, yeah, we know what it is now. But like, we don't really understand it. So you have to research it. You have to do research tasks. So you have to fulfill 10 research tasks for every Pokemon before they're actually registered into your Pokedex completely. So like you have to catch a few of them, defeat a few of them, watch them use this move, a bunch of different things you can do. Some even include like side quests you can go on. And I think that really enhanced the catching experience because that's always my favorite part is filling the Pokedex. But now it feels like I'm legitimately doing something. I'm legitimately helping research these Pokemon. Yeah. I think it's a lot more engaging than the standard get gym badges, become champion story. Absolutely. I think was bound to happen. I I think if you look at the most engaging and exciting Pokemon games you see they're the ones with you know really good stories or like they're different they change things it's not always the same and yeah I mean black and white are it is oh get badges become champion the story was a lot more rich because they made it more rich and then you know like sun and moon they were like no more gym leaders and then um Those are are really the two, yeah. No, that's a fair way to stop it. But 
I think it's a lot more rewarding because when you, it just be, it's become such a system now, standard Pokemon games where it's like, do this and then you become the champion. It's like, it's a, it feels a lot more rewarding to do something new that you haven't really done before. I mean, you've, ca- you've caught Pokemon before, but like you were saying it, it, you have to do different things to really complete, to feel a sense of like completion and I feel like that's just, it's a lot more exciting. And I wish that future Pokemon games, you know, Generation 9 or whatever, I I hope that they see that there are elements beyond just the standard formula that people are very drawn to. Yeah. And I really, and I really, really like the new battle mechanics. Oh, yeah. I sort of described them as like, because this is really all I have to base it off of, but like in the Tales games, you, there's a, like a very fluid movement to the to the battles mm. where you can kind of like walk around and and it's the same here. Your your character is able to move, um, but the system is still familiar. It's not like super confusing. And it's if you've played Pokemon your entire life, I mean, I think you'll take to this game very easily. Yeah, and I like... It's the little things like being able to move around as your trainer while you're fighting doesn't really change a lot about the battle system. Um, Actually, it doesn't really change much at all, but it feels way more organic because like in other Pokemon games, you, you enter a battle and then it takes you to like this battle zone. And sometimes it kind of looks like where you just were, but it's never one to one. But now you throw your Pokemon, you literally like take a ball in your hand as a character and press a button to throw it at Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then they appear in the field. And it is, you are where you were, you know? Nothing's nothing's moved. You're not in some weird, like, little, like, battle zone. You're actually in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's even, like, little things. Like, there was a battle I was, like, not having a good time with. So I just was like, what if I just ran away, like, actually ran away? Not press the run away button actually ran away and then i did and that was it i ran away from the battle because i literally ran away and i was like that is a small detail that just feels so much better than pressing a runaway button right and i think this game has a lot of that like those little flavor touches that make it feel like you're more organically in the world because i i will say the visuals don't do that no (laughs) they don't it is not that fun to look at (laughs) i like the models and i don't know why i guess i've always thought that bidoof was cute but seeing like a little group of bidoofs just like hanging out i was like oh my god they're so cute i don't know why it was like they look like they're actually in the world now they exist there and if they're not like i don't know how to describe it they just look a little bit more real like i think the models are very good in this game i mean yeah. They could be better, but everything could always be better. But the yeah. the the world itself is like shockingly visually displeasing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not too harsh, but it's like No, it's it's pretty ugly. It's just it doesn't look I don't know. I just don't get it. I feel like Game Freak just they just can't they just can't do 3D worlds very well. No. I mean the like the grass is very ugly. Ugh. It's I will say at the very least, it's less ugly than the YouTube trailers. That's because my goodness, those YouTube trailers were rough. It looks ugly, 
but it's not like as abysmal. And like the textures on things are not nice. The water is very ugly. (laughs) But it's a Pokemon game and the Pokemon are very pretty. And they look shockingly organic in their environments considering how inorganic the environment looks. And they're animated very, very well. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest change I think for this game is that every Pokemon is animated in a way where it looks like alive and not just a character model with like a very light bounce to make it not look still. Yeah. I I would also um, add to that. I think the character models, like the humans look pretty good too. Yeah. In my opinion. I feel like I, I like the very unique style of the region. And I really like the main character. I mean, Don and Lucas are my favorite, so. I'm playing as I'm playing as as the female protagonist. Are you as well? Yeah, always. Okay. I have to. Uh, that, she's she's got bangs. I mean, I <laughs> well, to. I gave her. You can customize visually your character quite a bit later, and mine looks like unrecognizable compared to the dawn you start with, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't really. I mean, her bangs are pulled back for most of the game, but yeah, well, for most of my well, game so far, you have the option to change like back to the traditional look as well. Um, One thing that I really like about like the organicness of like your Pokemon being in this world for real, the sizes are accurate now for the most part. I there are Pokemon that I have never known how big they were. So I'm a huge fan of Shinx Mm -hmm. and the Shinx line. Shinx is like a little, I don't know, four legged creature with giant ears. And it's like up to your waist as a character. And that always made sense to me. You know, it's a little thing. Mm -hmm. But because the way Pokemon games have always been framed, I thought it evolved and just got kind of fluffier, but was the same size. But then in this game, my mine evolved into uh, the second evolution and I threw it out and I was like, oh, he bigger now. That surprises me. And then it evolves into Luxray and I tossed it out and he's taller than me. And I was like, oh, and that's been happening so much where I was like, oh, I didn't like process the actual size of these pokemon and that's one of the hugest touches for me is actually being able to tell what these pokemon look like beyond like a picture like i know what they would look like in the world now some of them are very scary yeah i uh i'm most scared for my life i said (laughs) well some of them are a big threat yeah i said mom come pick me up i'm scared I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) Get me back to the village. Get me back to Jubilife. I'm scared. Jubilife Jubilife, uh, got good music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This game has pretty good music. Do you like the music? I do. My notes are very simple. I said music, very good. (laughs) I think the music is pretty darn good. The biggest thing for me is it has some really good Diamond Pearl callbacks. Mm Mm-hmm. And as somebody who, like that's my favorite entry in the series, I really liked hearing some of that. Um, there's a lot of Diamond Pearl callbacks, which makes sense. This is a prequel to Diamond Pearl, but all of them really made me excited when I hear them yeah. or see them. Yeah, and and it's it's there's I feel like they're also so recognizable. It's like I, Gen I feel like Gen Four and Gen Five both had very very recognizable music. Yeah, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, in yeah. my humble also opinion. you don't. But to be clear, you don't have to play Gen 4 to enjoy this. I feel like it's mostly independent and it just has some references more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I will say, so the graphics are bad. That is a fact. Um, but much to my surprise, the performance has been very stable for me. At very few points have I lost really any frames. It has been a solid, I mean, it's 30, so it's not incredible. But I haven't really had any frame rate drops. And the trailers, when we were seeing this game early on, were very, very concerning. So even though the later trailers looked really stable, I had, I think that was my biggest concern going into this game up until I was like a few hours in and hadn't experienced it. And that was a big relief that this game doesn't stutter or like jitter all the time and make your eyes hurt. Yeah, I think that's the benefit of it. Having pretty bad textures <laughs> that it run it runs pretty smoothly. Yeah, well, because you also have riding Pokemon in this game, which were in all the trailers. So like you get to ride a big deer and it makes exploring the world like a lot faster and a lot more um, like you feel a lot more in control. Because sometimes it's daunting how far you have to go to get something. But if you're on the back of a deer, you go really fast. Um, it does demonstrate one of the shortcomings of the game. Because, like, things do not render until you are directly in front of them. So, like, grass will not be there until you are there. Um, so, I, it's running at 30. But, like, not everything's there all the time. Yeah. That was... It, it's much better about Pokemon, though. I think they learned from Sword and Shield. I was going to say, that was, like, the big thing with Sword and Shield is you'd just be, like, riding your bike and everything <laughs> would be fine. And then all of a sudden, like, a Steelix would just, like, pop up out of the earth and you'd yeah. be like, oh, and then you'd have to, like, <laughs> stop or just, like, get right into the battle. Yeah, they fixed that so you know where Pokemon are ahead of time, which is also nice because if you run up with a deer, a lot of Pokemon will be like, oh, crap, and run. So if you Aww. couldn't see them till you got there... That's that cute. would be very frustrating. I get scared. <laughs> I can't take it. I'm thinking about Bidoof. Oh, Bidoof. So many. <laughs> I didn't know how big B-Barrel was. Oh, yeah. He's a big boy. He's big. I actually know how big now. Yeah. Big. Um, You mentioned the plot briefly earlier. For me, the plot is like, it's intriguing enough. It's more of a mystery story, which is a nice change because we're really used to like, become the champion stories mm -hmm. so simply changing that is really cool um but i almost feel like in my personal experience it's serving as a b plot and i'm viewing filling my pokedex as the a plot i am way more invested in filling my pokedex and like researching pokemon than i am in actually discovering the truth of of the story because the big the big thing of the story is you were summoned to this world by a mysterious figure um, who resembles Zelda from Breath of the Wild. That is one thing for me. It opens on like the exact same opening as Breath of the Wild, with like the star in the middle of the screen shining and a mysterious voice talking to you. And I was like, oh no. And you get a weird like tablet phone thing right away. Yeah. yeah. The Breath of the Wild comparisons are fair. I think, you know, it, it is visually inspired by Breath of the Wild. You explore in a similar fashion to Breath of the Wild. The story feels similar to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> the big goal is fighting these frenzied Pokemon, as they're called. I cannot tell you how many times I've accidentally said divine beasts. Because <laughs> it's like they're beasts who are divine. They're Pokemon who are like called divine Pokemon. It's like, 
Come but, on, guys. But there's no yeah. sexy fish princes in this one, so. There are sexy fish, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Have you ever heard of octillery? <laughs> Magic heart? I'm not sure I would define them as particularly sexy, but you know what? You do you. You don't think octillery the octopus? No. No. Okay. Thank you. I guess. Editor, can you cut that one out? <laughs> Just replace it with me saying yes. <laughs> um, overall, I think this game is really, really good. Uh, this is the first time I've been engaged in a Pokemon game since, it's hard to say, either black or black and white or X and Y. Those were so long ago now that my my vision of what I was feeling at the time is kind of blurry. Um, I know for sure black and white. Interestingly, I played black and white after X and Y. So, and you're like, wow, um, this is better. Better. <laughs> this is so much better. Well, because I was going, I went, I got a complete Pokedex in X and Y, which was like 800 Pokemon or whatever at the time. Mm. But I couldn't get a lot of them without finishing black and white to transfer things up. So I was like, well, I guess I'll speed run black and white, which I never finished. And then I rushed through it and I really enjoyed it. It's the best. <laughs> like a lot. It's really good. I Like Diamond Pearl are my favorite for nostalgic reasons. But black and white was, I would say, the last time I was truly engaged in a Pokemon game. I've enjoyed them since then. Like Sun and Moon were fine. Sword and Shield was fine. But it was just kind of going through the motions, the comforting motions. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I am engaged in this world. I want like right now. We are talking about Pokemon, and I kind of just want to go downstairs and play it. Okay. And that's cool. Bye. Well, I... <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um, it is a flawed game. If you are going into this without any Pokemon experience, you might not see the appeal as much as people who have experience, because it almost feels like this is what we've been building towards for all this time. This is the open world Pokemon game that so many people have wanted for so long. Basically, since it went 3D, this became like the, well, why isn't Pokemon like this? And especially since 2017, when the Switch came out, it felt like, well, why isn't this what Pokemon is? And now we're five years into the Switch lifespan. That's crazy. It took five Switch life years for this to come out. I just put that together in my brain. Yeah. Um, But if this is the direction of Pokemon, if this is what the next generation is going to look like, I am really excited for the future of Pokemon, which is something I have not been for a very long time. I'm all aboard. Choo-choo. All aboard the train. Is there any train Pokemon? I wasn't ignoring you. I was trying to remember if there's a train Pokemon. I don't think there is. Wait. Okay. Hold. I'm holding. Choo-choo train. Are you looking up the putt-putt? No, Putt-Putt's a car, no, not a train. No. I'm sorry. There's no train Pokemon. There's a magnet yeah. train in Johto. Okay. And it's the one that connects well, Kanto and Johto. Okay. Also, people really liked to complain when Sword and Shield came out that there wasn't a complete Pokedex. I am enormously relieved there is not a full Pokedex in this game. That would be insane. It would be overwhelming. It would never It would be end. hard to enjoy. You would never yeah. be able to finish the game. Yeah, because catching a thousand Pokemon is one thing. 
That's hard, but you can do it. But you have to complete research tasks for all these Pokemon. And I don't know the exact number. I believe it's under 300 if what I've heard is correct. So, which is like an enormous cut. But also at the same time, I'm like, but that's a reasonable number considering the nature of this game. Yep. And unless the pace is drastically derailed to bring us back to the trains, I'm probably going to do everything this game has to, to do. Um, I'm like about, I believe, halfway through the main narrative. Um, it's hard to tell, but I'm, I'm probably about like 40 to 50% of the way through the narrative. And at no point have I felt like I was like trudging through it. It has felt fast paced and enjoyable at all points. So I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to playing this even more than I have. I'm looking forward to playing it more as well. And hopefully, which like, starter did you pick? Oh my god, I am so sorry. What starter did you pick, Kelly? Yes. Um, did you pick Rowlet? Did you pick Oshawott? Wow, <laughs> I missed. I literally, I can't believe I got all of it wrong. Cyndaquil, really? Yeah, I'm a big uh, just I'm for a the big, Johto nostalgia. Well, I love Cyndaquil. It's it's my favorite starter, period. Um, besides like Piplup. I also love Piplup. But yeah, Cyndaquil is my favorite. Just And I don't know. I love Typhlosion. It's my favorite. So it got me through my favorite Soul Silver run. So I kind of had to go with it. But I really, I love, I love Oshawott. I love Oshawott's final evolution. Uh, Sam- Samurott? What's it called? Samur- I think Samurott. Samurott. I love his final evolution. Uh, Rowlet, I like... Not as much. I wait. Don't tell me. I want to guess who you picked. Oh, okay. I wasn't gonna tell you, but I'll I'll let you guess. Was it Ashawat? <laughs> no. Was it Rowlet? Yeah. Okay. At least you got it <laughs> on number two. I was. I like Ashawat the best as the as the starting like the base form. Mm-hmm. I think Ashawat's the cutest. Um, I like Decidueye the best. Of all the finals, he's very. The cool. thing about this game, this is a this is a very mild spoiler, but just don't Google it, and, and then it won't be a real spoiler. They have different finals, so they look different. They look different now than they always have in their final evolutions. And I don't like spoilers, so I didn't Google it. So I was like, well, I like Decidueye best, but who knows if I'll like the final evolution this time? I'm mixed on it, but oh. I like it. I like it still. Because I got I got the final evolution. Oh. But I'm assuming there's some means of getting all of them at some point. Yeah. So um, I haven't found a Piplup yet though. Aww. So that's I know he's in the game because he's on like a bunch of the promotional stuff. Piplup, so cute. Yeah. I got a Chimchar like right at the beginning and I was like, oh, it's a Chimchar. But I didn't get a Piplup. And once I do, it's just he will be my main. Like he will be the Pokemon I use. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I, this game's also going to be really fun for shiny hunters, which is cool, because you can like increase your odds by researching the Pokemon more. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, so like pick a Pokemon that you want to get a shiny of, and then fully research it, because you don't have to do everything for a Pokemon's Dex entry to be full. Because some of the stuff you have to do is like you have to do a lot of stuff to fill it completely. But if you fill it completely, increases your friend your uh, shiny odds. So this game, so there's going to be a lot of good shiny hunting oh. content. 
Very nice. What about yeah. breeding? Is that a thing in this game? I don't know. I don't know. I have oh, not gotten to that yet. Okay. I assume Well, maybe. then there's like the pastures, and I thought maybe that had something to do with it, but... That replaced the box. There's no oh, box. That makes sense. Okay. So when you like have an excess of Pokemon, they don't just go into a random mysterious box. They go into a pasture because oh, it's that's ancient. Cute. They're all hanging yeah. out in the pasture. As long as by all you mean four, because it never renders more than a couple. <laughs> 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 like you can look at the pasture, and I was like, oh, I, I get to see all of them. And I walked up, and I was like, where are my poke? That's four Pokemon. <laughs> well, four of them are getting to hang out in the pasture. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different four every time, which I guess is cool. Yeah. I did have an Ambipom in there, and it was so big. I don't it, like Ambipom. I love Apom. Not a big fan of Ambipom. He's very scary. Doesn't Cynthia have an Ambipom? I'm not sure. Let me look it up. Ambipom's an example of... Uh, frenzied Pokemon in the wild, though, that you can run into. They have, like, these scary red eyes, and they're big. And Ampapom was really big, and it unsettled me. Like, he was probably, like, seven or eight feet tall, and it really made me uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I think he's supposed to be, like, four or five feet tall, and then he was eight feet tall. I don't like that. Yeah, 4'11". So he's five feet tall normally, and this Ampapom was, like, eight feet tall, and I did not like That's it. That's how tall I am. 5'11 or 4'11 or, or 8 foot tall? 8 foot tall. Lady Demetrescu. I wish. Well, everybody, we played it. We played the new Pokemon. We did it. We're going to play a lot more, I assume. Well, I definitely will play an upsetting amount. You'll probably play a civil amount, right? Uh, I might play an upsetting amount, depending on when I hit that threshold. You're definitely, you're, you are very close. I'm ready. Yeah. It is, I mean, you saw, like, a lot of the base stuff is really good. The music is really good at the start. The battle mechanics are fun. It, there's so few battles, which is cool. Like, I battle quite a few wild Pokemon, but, like, at this point, I have, and like I said, I'm, like, 40, 50% of the way through the main narrative. I've fought, like, five trainers. That's it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, battling Pokemon is hardly a thing in this universe because, like, they haven't, most people don't even know how to, like, domesticate these pokemon they're scared of them they're wild creatures right so very few trainers are able to battle with you right top of the line game though it's top of the line pokemon game yes will i call it top of the line game uh, <sighs> ask me in a couple weeks okay i think it has a satisfying loop so i think anybody could enjoy this game but whether I'd recommend this to a non-Pokemon fan, I think I'd need to play more before I could actually come to that conclusion. So, well, well Kelly, we did it. We did it. We caught them all. We did it. We caught all of the NFTs. Finally. Now we can oh my God, if them. Pokemon made an NFT line and they said, gotta catch them all. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's going to happen now, and it will be my fault. <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode. Thankfully, we have not been bought by PlayStation, so we are still independent. Yet. I was worried because Microsoft, it was. It felt like a threat last week, but now like PlayStation's entering the game. They're going to so be fighting over us. Yeah, we cost $7.8 trillion. That's true. 
biggest acquisition of anything ever. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.